the, the Babylonian Gemara. And uh, that, that's the main Gemara with the Babylonian one. There's what's called the Talmud Yushalmi, which is also Talmud, which is also Gemara. But uh, it's written in a slightly different language. And it's not as authoritative. In other words, we paskin like the Babylonian Gemara, typically. On the other, uh, but uh, apparently they couldn't find or they don't have a Gemara on Shkalim in, in Bavli. So what happened was that uh, there, the printers decided that some Yushalmi is better than no Gemara at all. So they borrowed the Yushalmi for Shkalim and they bound it together with the, the Babylonian sets. So most of it have it together with their regular Gemaras, but it's the only Gemara like that. It's, uh, it's unusual. And uh, there was a little debate whether it should be included in the Dafyomi, and somehow they decided to uh, put it in there. Good morning, Richard. Uh, so um, uh, it made it into the Daf. Uh, for us, um, we're in Shkolem. Now, the, the question really, Shkolem has to do with the Beis Amigdash. So there is a little thought that maybe it should be in Kachim, which are the section that deals with Kachim. But uh, it was decided to put it to go with Moed, which is what we're in, which is the holidays with the Psachim. Uh, if you don't have the money, then you can't have the holiday. If you don't have the, the, uh, the system to pay for the offerings, so how would the Besamigdash function? And part of that, uh, that's part of it. Also, uh, the, there's an idea in the holidays that we are, see ourselves as part of a, a family, as part of a group. Uh, we would typically go up to, uh, even though most of the year we are in our small villages and farms, everybody would go up to Yerushalayim uh, for the holidays because we are part of uh, one part of Klau Yisrael. So part of that system was that we each gave a half shekel. We each had ownership of the Beis Hamikdash, what went on there. And that's part of the holidays is that we're all in this together. We're all, uh, we, we all are joint. We're only part alone. And, and together we make up that uh, unit. So therefore, it's very appropriate for Shkolem to be after Psachim. Uh, why does it come here? Uh, because the uh, Shkolem uh, actually was, uh, the, the donations were supposed to be in by the first of Nisan, just a few days ago, uh, actually a week ago, right? But they're all supposed to be in by the first of Nisan. And they began uh, the, um, uh, collecting it earlier. And so that's where the Mishnah takes off. We begin over here. Now, so one thing, to, a few things that are challenging over here about the Yushalmi. Um, one is there's no Rashi and there's no Tosos. Uh, and so uh, we always knew if we were in trouble where to look in the, um, uh, in the Bavli. Uh, over here, there are some other commentators here. They're great scholars, but they're, they're not the same uh, level of, uh, of, ex- of explanation as Rashi or Tosus. So they're useful, but they're not the same. Uh, and so uh, that's one big challenge. The other big challenge is um, the manuscripts that the Yushalmi were written on, they, these things were copied by hand, they have more mistakes in them as to what's the girsa, what's the, uh, the, the Babylonian Talmud was learned so many times by so many people that if there was a mistake, so they compared notes. They went from France to Germany, to, they got the manuscript, and they eventually worked out most of the errors, most of the mistakes. The Yushalmi, on the other hand, was only learned by the top, you know, the top, top scholars. Uh, and so uh, they, it wasn't, co- not, not too many cities even had a copy of it. And so there were a lot of mistakes in the Yushalmi. So often if we don't, something doesn't seem to fit, it's perfectly okay in Yushalmi. It's probably a mistake. 
Whereas in Bavli, we're probably making the mistake. But in Yishami, there's a different girsa. There's a, if you look on the left side, there's a whole bunch of girsas, uh, three different meforshim that are trying to fix the, uh, the girsas in the Yishami. And so that, again, we'll see that as a difference trying to come up with the text. Uh, also, even though it's written in Aramaic, it's a little bit different Aramaic. It's almost like a, a dialect, you know, it's just a drop different. It should sound very familiar, but you'll see the expressions are even different. And so uh, it takes a little while to, to get to the bottom of the expressions, if we can, to try to figure them out. Okay, let's see the Mishnah. On the first day of the month of Adar, a month before the month of Nisan, uh, which is the beginning of the Jewish New Year, so they would make an announcement about the collection of the Shkalim. This was a, a friendly reminder. Um, there was no tax system. People gave donations on their own. And uh, so the announcements went out a month before. Now, what else did the announcements go out about? Valaklein. Uh, you're not allowed to plant mixed seeds together uh, to grow. And uh, this Nisan is the springtime. It's when things start growing. So you don't fully control what's going to grow. Just try your yard. <laughs> You'll see stuff grows in there that you didn't put there, unless you have weed killer and all that good stuff. But uh, stuff starts growing. Uh, and so you would first notice if there was a mixture of seeds uh, with your, uh, where things were growing that normally aren't allowed to grow together. For example, we don't grow grain next to uh, vines. So the people would be required to go and look at their, at their plants and see if there had been any mixtures and uproot them. Now, this, it's a, uh, so everybody would get the notice that now's the time to go check. That's the mashmi and alaklaim. Okay. And on the 15th of the month, that's Purim, Korin Boas the Megillah. We all remember the mitzvah to read the Megillah. Bekrakim, uh, if you're in a uh, walled city. Boy, I wish they knew this in Atlanta. You've got to keep the roads fixed. <laughs> right? You've got to make sure people are going to travel on their own. No potholes. Uh, basically, it's after the rainy season. And since it's after the rainy season, uh, you know, rain tends to, uh, if you've got dirt roads and you have a rainy season, uh, it tends to kill the roads. And so the, uh, it's the responsibility of the community to make sure that their roads are safe, that their pathways are clear. So that was something else that was done uh, in, in this, uh, uh, the past, Vesirakovas and the, uh, the bigger streets. Now, one other thing they did, Vesmikvas Hamayim, it's time to get ready for Yantav. Adar is the month before Pesach, and uh, we all know that you have to get pure for Pesach, and uh, people would go to the mikvah. Now, sometimes they would go to the mikvah close to Yerushalayim on the way up, sometimes they would go earlier. They had public mikvahs. Uh, I, I, it's hard to know who took care of that, like, did they have a sign, you know, put the money in the pushka so we could clean it? Or like, you know, uh, how did they manage a public mikvah? How did that look exactly? No, no, that, this is after the rainy season. How are they going to yeah, get water? The heavy I mean, how are they going to get all the water to fill them? You know, right, they have to right. fill it during the rainy season. Right, right, <laughs> right. Uh, that's true. Um, they found many of these mikvahs. Um, and uh, 
what's always interesting is they go and they measure them to just get a feel of like, and you know, and they, they, they're exactly like 40 so, or they think, you know, like the, uh, but there are quite a few mikvos, ancient mikvos they found of, uh, especially near the base of English where people, uh, so, but they had these public mikvos and uh, they also, uh, over time, they could get filled with stuff and so they needed to be cleaned out. So once a year, you got to clean the mikvah whether you need it or not, right? Or the, but it means more than just clean it. It means like to fix it if it got stopped up or uh so your question is that if the problem is that there's no rain there's no not enough water in there how would they get new water um if it was after the rainy season yeah. that's a good question i don't know right they had a system they to get water constantly or that but whatever fixes it needed that's yeah. what they would deal with okay for us in Rabim, and uh there were other things believe it or not the community would need whatever that may be uh, there are times to, part of the message of Shkalim is that we are part of a community and there are needs that need to be taken care of. Uh, that's the, that's the, um, we have a, a special, one of the four Haftorahs that we read is the Shkalim, but that is definitely the message that we, uh, the community has things that need taken care of. Now, one other important thing is that uh, people would go up for Pesach and uh, there'd be people that might have been buried on the side of the road. Uh, and uh, there were graves uh, that were buried there years ago, and uh, also the weather will uh, blow away the graves and the markers. So uh, that's one of the things the community did was they made sure to mark the graves or to remark them if the, uh, the markings fell down. Uh, and if necessary, they've sent out patrols to remind the farmers to uh, remove the... Uh, Remove the uh, the the mixtures. How's that different from the beginning of the mission? See, there it was just the announcement on the first of the other. Here it's saying that they went out, they made patrols. Um, the the first thing was uh, the more is going to explain, but the first thing was just that they announced that people should do it. The second was they actually had yeah, I guess yeah. uh, climb, uh, climb patrol. That's right. Yeah, and we'll see. They uprooted it if they found it, or they. Uh, there was a whole, um, uh, but that's a, that's a different story. But so the, I believe that's what we're going to see in the Gemara coming up. Okay, let's see the Gemara. So this was the Mishnah. The Mishnah, the language was uh, we should be familiar with. Now we get to the Gemara. Why did they choose that date, uh, uh, the first of Adar? Um, the money wasn't needed for a whole month. So the answer is, Kadeshiyavu Thirty days are your money back. Thirty days is always considered a, a, a amount of time to get ready. Uh, in fact, we always know the rule: like thirty days before the chag, we get ready for the chag. You know, we start learning the laws. So, uh, thirty days before is a reminder: everybody, get your money ready, write your checks. Uh, now, what if the base of Mikdash had leftover money? No dues this year. We have leftover from last year. I don't remember the last time we heard that. Uh, uh, <laughs> they make sure to spend all the money, right? Wouldn't it be nice if one year the government's no taxes this year? We have plenty, right? right. So, uh, but instead, not only doesn't it happen that way, they spend next year's taxes before we get, and the next 20 years, I think they figured out. So, but um, uh, the rule was, though, even if you had money left over, every year they, uh, the community had to, uh, uh, there, there, there was a new fund where the korbanos were brought from the people who were there at the time. Uh, in other words, uh, every year a person has to be involved in the base of Mikdush and there was a new fund. That was, it was refunded. Now, uh, they had things they could do with the old money as well, but the, the uh, operating expenses of the base of Mikdush each year were started again in Eastern.
uh, on the first of Nisan. Um, so that's the reason. So the first answer is the reason that it was on the first of Adar uh, is a practical answer. It takes thirty days to 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 do the fundraising and get the uh, send out the bills, so to speak. And so that was just a practical way to make sure the money would be in by the first of Nisan. That's answer number one. Uh, now, the, also the rabbis are different in the Yushalmi. The, the names of the rabbis are they're different rabbis. There. So this one is Mar Rebbe Shmuel. It's, it's uh, the master Rebbe Shmuel, Bar Reb Yitzchak. He said the following. He said, The reason we do it on the first of Nisan because that's where the original Maxis Hashekel was given in the Beis Hamikdash. How do we know that? It says the Mishkan was set up then, and we learned on there. That was the day they set uh, the uh, Truma. Um, and so, uh, it's amazing because the Parshio start right. Right. So all the donations to the Mishkan went so that we could build the Mishkan. Mm-hmm. Well, they're saying that there was another one. When yeah, yeah. Rashi, the whole thing? Rashi says there was actually three trumas at that time. Yeah, that's reason number two given. Rabbi Tavi, Rabbi Yashir, B'shem Reb Kahana. This Rabbi Tavi is from the same word Tuvia, Tov. Good, that was the good, the good Rabbi, <laughs> Rabbi Tavi. Okay. Uh, but you see, it says Reb Tavi Reb Yasha. It should be Reb Tavi and Reb Yasha, or Ber Reb Yasha, B'shem Kahana. So in the name of the Kahana, the, the name of the, uh, the, it should be Rev Kahana, I believe. Uh, but at any rate, he said the following. You see those little letters on the Gemara? All those letters means that there's textual discussion here, that the, what the original text is. So Nemer Khan Kachi Nemer Lahan Kachi. It uses a word about the Shkolem Kachi in the month. So my kachish number lahalan ein monin elami nisan. It's from the time of Nisan. Afkodish shenamer kan ein monin elami nisan. Basically, we learned that this funding had to be in from Nisan from the usage of the word. It's like a hekish. Omer Revyanai, not Revyanai, Revyona. Omer Revyona. Shafki Revi Tafi Reishdim as Nisan. He said uh, this is a criticism. You left off the beginning of that Mishnah. Uh, you f- have to make the full quote. The drasha doesn't work unless you say the whole thing. For Yomer Sofa, he said the end, he left off the beginning. Dal Kane, uh, you, uh, you need to read the whole thing like this. Kahadatani. Zos Oles Kodesh Bekacho. This is the rule that every offering, uh, this is the offering of the month in its month. So I would have thought maybe each month you collect. Yolcho Yehei Torah Bekol Kodesh Bekodesh. Tamalomar. It says uh, you collect in a month for the months. The, the fundraising was done once a year. It was done once a year for the whole year. All right, let's pick a month. So that's where we get to the second drasha. It's only Nisan. It's only from Nisan. So he wasn't really arguing. He was telling him you need to you just explain the rest of it uh, to be more complete. Okay, and uh, there's a consensus here. There's no debate about this is the time of Shkolem. The question was how they chose it, where they got it from. So, what's this word, Shema, uh, the hearing, or let, let it be heard? So, what? It's to announce. It's to be heard. That's the answer. Rabbi Omer Mechrizen. 
uh, to announce. I, I'm wondering, so the question is, what was the question? What else could it mean? <laughs> but it, it's a funny way, mashmiyim. Uh, you maybe, I, I don't know, the, uh, but the, um, I don't know what else it could mean, but the more I want to specify, it means makris. Makri means to announce. You give a bang in the shul, whatever, it, it goes out the word. Other, other places in the, in, in the Laka, we, we say makri by, uh, by Megillah. Mm-hmm. You know, by, by Metziah, that's an announcement. So maybe the question over here is, why the dafka this, you know, this uh, poetry? Mm-hmm. In other words, when we want to say makri, we say makri. Right, so why did we say mashmiim? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. It could just be from your perspective. Mashmin is you're you're the the uh, one in the kahal, so to speak, who is hearing it, mm-hmm. and the one who's announcing it is the machrizin. So when do we start hearing about it? It's from the perspective of the people. Mm-hmm. So this is such a thing. So then, what do we mean from the time that you hear it? They say from the time that you announce. So it's really I, I think it, I think it's really nice. It depends mm-hmm. what where your perspective is. Are you looking at it from the people's perspective or from the leadership's perspective? I see. Okay. Very good. Uh, 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 and the Kedusha, what does it mean? Az b'kol rash kadal adir chazak mash Right, right. So, well, there's the angels, and we're hearing the sound of the angels, or they make heard. He, um, yeah, Rabbi Cohen is asking that we hear that mashmiyam in the Kedusha also. It's the, uh, sometimes we look at our perspective, what we hear, and sometimes we look, as Richard said, the announcers. Okay, very good. Hach mach... Uh, we announced it. Ma da'at Omar. How do we know that there's such a thing as making announcements? <laughs> I don't, you know, how do the shul seem to have fun with that? You know, you get up there and how, why, what's that doing in our I'm davening to Hashem. Why are they making those announcements? Because there's a pasuk it says, It says, let the let word go out. That there is a concept of, uh, of making announcements. Oh, I know you can't bring the riot from Bobbly to your Shalmi, but like we have this concept all the time about a call going out, you know. Mm-hmm. Like where? Is like, you know, we always know it was like you have a Shabbos Aveda call, you know. You. It, but how do uh, well, I, I guess what the community makes announcements that they send out alerts. Communal yeah, communal alert, communal announcements. Uh, and yeah. they sometimes, there's even, it goes so far that you're allowed to announce weekday things uh, on, on Shabbos because that's when the community's together. Um, but there's this idea of announcements. Okay. Tamatanina, we learned over there. Now, what gets, now is going to complicate it a little bit. So we know all of, we figured this all out. That at the beginning of Adar, you make the announcement, and the money comes in at the end of Adar for Nisan. That's all good when there's only one month of Adar. But every now and then, you get a leap month, and you have an Adar Sheni. So then what happens? How does that work? So that's the more is throwing out here. So we learned the following. Ain bein Adar Rishon Adar Sheni. The only difference between the two Adars is Mikra Megillo Matanus Levyonim. When you celebrate Purim. You always celebrate Purim in the second Adar. He says also there is a difference because the shkolim goes out on the second adder, not on the first. Uh, and because the, the shkolim, the purpose is to have the money for Nisan. So when you have two adders, there'd be no reason to have the announcement on the, even though you announced it in adder, if there's two adders, you do it by adder sheni. And also the klayim. Uh, one of the reasons they would add an extra month was if the seasons were starting to get off. They needed it. They added the month so the Pesach should be in the springtime. 
which, by the way, is a big symbolism that the spring is a time where, you know, during the winter, people hibernate and there, there's no fruit and there's no, uh, it's the, during the, the cold, dark winter. And then in the spring, there's like new life. Things regenerate and they grow. And it's like, oh, you just walk out in the spring and all of a sudden certain trees that you hardly notice are beautiful. They're blooming. And so the Chazal, there's a concept that that's what's supposed to happen with us on Pesach is that we bloom. In other words, that even if we've been dry over the winter and uh, uh, we've, uh, Pesach was specifically in the spring because it's a renewal. It's a, uh, there's, a, there's a, the Pesach had to take place in the spring and if Chazal saw that the spring was late that year, they would add a month so that it'll be in the springtime because spiritually that's what needs to happen to us. We have to, we have to bloom. We have to have new, new growth and new energy and a new vigor that all comes from the, so, uh, Therefore, the Klayim also, that meant that the, uh, the crops weren't growing earlier, they're growing now. Now's the time to look for the, uh, the forbidden seed. Uh, and it's a lesson also that when you bloom, you have to make sure everything is uh, blooming the way it should. You can't have one, the wrong seeds blooming in there. You have to uproot the weeds. Okay. Rebbe Chalvo, Rebbe Huna, Rabbi Shem Rukhiya, Now we just, uh, since we mentioned Adar and it's significant about Purim, the question is, which day? We said the 15th, and so he says, really, that's Shushan Purim for the cities, but he says, technically, everybody can read on the 14th. That's when it was read. Omer Reb Yossi, v'yeyus. <laughs> this is one of those Bab- uh, Jerusalem expressions. V'yeyus, it, it's an expression. It, it's almost like, it's similar to English. Yes. <laughs> is it so? Or v'yeyus, is it... Um, what? Really? Really? Yeah, something like that. It's one of the, we'll see it a few times. It, uh, you know, we, we don't think about it, but we got used to all kinds of expressions in the Bavli, you know, uh, um, that, are, that are there that don't translate uh, so well. This is, but this is Yusham expression. Is it, is that correct? What's the reason that they make the announcement for the Shkalem? Isn't it in order but to bring it in the right time? So, imat omer ba'adarishan ad kadun. If you if you're going to make the announcement at the beginning of Adar, is uh, shitashanim. You're going to have sixty days. So, is that better or is that worse to have more time uh, for the? Uh, wouldn't it be if we always make the announcement at the beginning of Adar? And this year, you know, there's going to be two Adars. So, do you push off the announcement or do you announce it for sixty days? So, klum um, omer. Do they only say af al klaim? The purpose of the roots is um, the, that you need to make sure that you'll be able to see what's growing. The tzmachim, the, the new crop has started to sprout. And so the purpose of looking, if you look too soon, you won't even notice if the seeds are growing in the wrong place. The im at ba'adarisho and at kadein ina dekukim. The, uh, it's, it's, uh, if you're going to have 60 days, people are going to forget. Oh, I got plenty of time. If you announce something too early, it's not going to, not going to be effective. Uh, th- that's just human nature. If, they, if people know that it's 60 days before, so uh, next month I'll take care of it. And so, plenty of time. And so the nature of people, if you give them too much time, that it uh, doesn't get done. Rivchiskia Shol, Meato. So technically they could make announcement number one, beginning of other Aleph, and then a second reminder announcement uh, 30 days late. So to give... Mm-hmm. process time because since there were so many people and so much money it probably would have helped the administrators to get it in piecemeal to be able to get what they needed to do. 
So I wondered if um, one, one of the things they say about Purim was one of the big miracles. That we have this whole story that Achashverosh made the rule that uh, uh, wives need to listen to their husbands. What, what, what's that doing in the Megillah? Like, you know, what is, we, we could leave that whole story off. We don't need to know about Vashti not coming. And the, so uh, Chazal bring that until then, they took announcements very seriously. When the king made a rule, they, everybody said, wow, it's, it's the king's rule, it's serious. But this guy, Achashverosh, she was making rules, always making announcements. And so he made a rule, okay, listen, uh, tell the wives to listen to their husbands like, by order of the king. So it made it so that once the king's rules were not really looked at that seriously. So when, when Haman announced we're going to kill the Jews, yeah, sure. So when you announce things too much, so people stop paying attention to the announcements. Um, so, or when the announcements are too long. So it could be that it's not a solution to announce every month uh, because then maybe people will just... Well, I don't need half these announcements don't apply till next month anyways. They're giving me too much warning, or or uh, um, perhaps I'm just saying that. But uh, uh, it's, they seem to only want to announce once. Uh, that that seems to be it. Doesn't it doesn't say that, but fairish. But that's what that's what I understood. That if you announce it each month, uh, after a while, people will. Um, it loses its effectiveness. It won't have its effectiveness. Yeah. Anybody who's on fundraising will know that the first shot is your best shot. Uh-huh. Okay, very good. So, uh, but what about the people that live far away? So there's a practical reason that uh, wouldn't they need more time? If you're giving people time to write their checks and bring the money in, uh, people from Bavl, the mail is much slower from Bavl. So uh, wouldn't they need more time? You should have to start from the beginning of the winter. So, so you can send it up for the spring. Isn't that the purpose? So why don't we start earlier, depending on where you're at? So you should have a Shabbos Sholem, uh, you know, the further out, if you're in Australia, you know, whatever, the further out you are, the earlier you have Parsha Sholem. So, he answered, or he taught, Vatanina, we learnt, there's three times of the year where they took funds. Uh, they, they, they basically had these funds and they were separated and moved to the place where they were used to pay the, uh, for the direct. Uh, in other words, there was, um, there was part of the base amygdala where the bank part, where the money came in. And then there was the part where the funds were transferred to the daily expenses. So three times of the year, they moved the money to where they needed the daily expenses. And one was before Pesach. Um, but Prasa Pesach, one was before Pesach, but Prasa Tzeros, before Shavuos, but Prasa Chag, and before Sukkot. Because they had the, all the offerings that were brought. So you see that it wasn't a once-a-year deal. It was multiple times of the year. So really, if the Babylonian uh, monies would come in at different times, wouldn't that be fine? And the reason they did it is this is for the offerings that are brought on Pesach. The, the, uh, the, the people that had the close donations, those were for Pesach. The donations that came in later could be used for Shavuos. And if they really came in late, you use them for Sukkot. So as we turn the page. So this, uh, this makes it sound like it's really okay if the donations come in. The truth is that the organizations... Um, they like fundraising all year round. It makes it easier to budget because they, uh, the challenge a lot of people, organizations have is the summertime is dry, so they have to raise enough 
in the earlier months to cover the whole thing. So if the people who live farther away come later, so just use it for the offerings that are brought later. Why would you need it to come earlier? Yushami was written during the Bayashani? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? They're talking about the people still living, uh, living in Bavo. Living in Bavo, right, yeah. right. It's written, it was written in Aramaic, so yeah, it was definitely after Bayashini. Right. Yeah, okay. So, He says, no, even though they needed the funds for the holidays a little bit later, it, the fundraising drive was once a year. Uh, it, it was really, again, it was a unity of, of the Jewish people. It was all done at the same time this month before Pesach. I, why do they mention these three times? They wanted publicity. They wanted everybody to realize the holidays were coming and that the Beis Amigdash was their Beis Amigdash, but really the money was already there. Uh, there's the idea. Um, let's uh, do the top Mephorosh, the Korvina Eida, two lines from the top. In order to make it public. Lefarsim to let people know uh, that, that it's an obligation to bring. They didn't. They they collected and it came in earlier sometimes or it came in later, but the funding was all from the beginning of the year. Okay, back to the Gemara. Two lines from top. Yehuda bar Pazi b'shem Rabbi. So. Um, now the Gemara is going, we're going to have a little piece of agadita uh, on this discussion, um, and it's about giving, about the uh, how easy is it to collect money uh, for good causes. So hey, Nick Revelo Nibis, right? So he said, if you read this, you'll be scared. <laughs> hey, it's it's uh, he says hey, Nick Revelo, if you read this and you understand the concept, won't you be scared or alarmed? Litova, when it comes to a good cause. Uh, it says, Kol leif, all the generous ones will give to a good cause. When it comes to a bad cause, like the golden calf, everybody gave. Litova, when it came uh, to the good things, it says, Moshe Moshe had to get the people. Lara, particularly, everybody was involved. Litova, for good, as Yosher Moshe B'nai Yisrael. Uh, 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 Moshe and the Bnei Yisrael, the, the, the good ones amongst them. The Ra for bad, Kola Eida, everybody. Um, so, Omer of Kiyah Barava, it's uh, Akenish, not only that, when it's for evil, Akenish Kimu Hishkisu, it says that they woke up early. The Kola Chash, any time that they, do, they sinned, Hayosim Bashkama, they did it first thing. So, um, uh, I had a Rebbe that taught me this. In other words, when there are things that are good, uh, there's what they call the Yetzahara. The Yetzahara does, likes, tries to prevent good. So good things, uh, not only that, it's according to the effort is the reward. And so Hashem wants things to truly be good. He makes them difficult. And the nature of it is when you try to do a mitzvah, there's no, no, no good deed goes unpunished. I, I hear people say that. I don't like the sound of that. But uh, the concept, though, is it's the opposite that it, it, Hashem wants the good deed to be truly good, so he makes it that it has to come with some friction. It has to come with some... Uh, and uh, What? Resistance, yeah. And so a person should never be uh, surprised that when you try to do something that it doesn't always go easy. 
Whereas with the evil, uh, there are forces that try to push people to do evil, and the, e the evil comes very easy. It's very easy to... Uh, so the Gemara's point is that when it comes to good, it's individuals. When it comes to evil, it's like everybody joins in. It's like, uh, it's very popular. Evil is very, you know, if there's something negative, it's uh, all of a sudden everybody joined in. They, they didn't have a hard time. They had no trouble raising money for the golden calf. It, in fact, Aaron originally thought... Uh, that uh, if he says that they need to collect the gold from the women, uh, that there's no way the women will give up their jewelry, the, the, the fundraising will go nowhere. I mean, imagine if we had to do that, and the only way we'll raise enough money is if every woman brings in their jewelry and puts it in the box, right? So, and voluntarily, they give up all their jewelry. So it's not going to happen, right? So uh, he didn't know that the men were so into it that they pulled the earrings off their women's, their wives' ears like a... Uh, uh, to do it, right? It's the, uh, but uh, he, he thought for sure, he knew every good fundraising, the money didn't come run, you know, didn't flood in the same way. The answer is the Yetzirah, uh, it makes it uh, that a lot of people join in. And that's the point that Gomorrah is making. Okay. Here's a funny thing. He makes a comment about Klau Yisrael. He says, he says, you'll never figure out this Jewish people. Sometimes we, we try to think we understand or it works with lies. Listen to what he says. Nitvin when you ask them to go uh, give money for a golden calf, for an idol, the opposite of Hashem, what do they do? Venosnin, they give. Nitvin, and then the next day you make, you say, we want to build a mishkan because there's no such thing as idols. There's only Hashem. What do they do? Venosnin, they give. <laughs> it's a complete contradiction. And, uh, but actually, that's the way it is. People could, uh, they change on a dime, you know, or that's they, uh, but that's what he said. You'll never figure out exactly what makes people tick. Um, it's, uh, people can be uh, pushed to do good, and, and a little while later, they can go in the opposite direction, that's, uh, at least with idols. Okay. Tani, Reb Yeshua ben Hanani, Masnisa, it says like this, Masnisa Kaborosav Tar. Uh, he, the, he says that it's not, a, it's not strange that the same people that donated for the golden calf, I mean, just think in their checkbook, the first check was golden calf fund, and the second check is for the Aaron and the Mishkan, right? So he says that's, that's not surprising. Yavu zavsho kaporis v'yakapar al zavsho ego. That uh, you take the, there is a concept of taking what was put in bad and purifying it and using it for good. Take, take the same thing that the same donations that you used before, and now you've got to take that money and use it for good. Uh, that's, a, that's a concept like that. Okay. Rabbi Chagi B'Shem B'Shem Gamliel. He said the following, B'Shalosh Trumos Nemer. This is what I mentioned before. There are three Trumos that were mentioned in the, uh, in the Torah. Trumos Adonim, there was the building fund. We all know that. You go to shul, you think there's only one fund. They say, well, no, that's for the dues. This is for the building fund, and this is for the charity fund. Uh, there's more than one fund. It's good to know that ahead of time. So it says, one is for the building. And you had the shkolim, and the mishkan. That's one pasuk. That refers to the building fund. I think adonim are the, um, the sockets um, that, that hold up the mishkan, the, the, um, uh, the boards. Uh, that's the upkeep for the daily offerings. Um, that's for the uh, 
the uh, building of the, uh, the besides the, the sockets, this was the rest of the Mishkan. So Truma Samishkan and Lamishkan. So the Truma Samishkan was totally voluntary. My Shirtsu Yasa, when somebody was motivated and said, I want to give, that's what they would do. Truma Shkolem, that was the Corbin. Uh, each I was for the Corbin. My Shirtsu Yasu, uh, there, it doesn't, everybody had to be equal. You could do whatever you want as long as you were giving the same. <laughs> I don't know why it says it that way, but that's what it means. It's uh, basically you. Everybody gave equally. Um, you couldn't give more. You couldn't give less. Uh, right, right. So the the expression is funny though. Maishir yirtsu yasu. What they what they want, they do as long as they all do the same thing. <laughs> that's what it means. Okay. Why there's probably a gear change. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Truma sadonim the sockets. It says va'asher lo yabravadalo yam. Okay. Uh, Omer Revi Abin, we're right in the middle of the page. Af Parshas Hazos Nemer Bogimel Trumas. It says uh, also it mentions even by the Maxis Hashekel. Uh-huh. In the notes, he brings down that uh, referring to when the people came back to the second base of Migdash, there were different uh, denominations and values of the coins. There were shkolim and dark cones, etc., etc. So they're saying that people could give whatever they wanted to give, but the value had to be the same. Oh, okay. Oh, in other words, uh, we if you want to use a credit card, use a credit card. If you want to pay twenties, we'll take you know whatever currency you have. Very good. I see, I see. The, the 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 people don't mind what currency you pay. Okay, very good. Thank you. That that that's uh, see he quotes somebody. Okay, that so that answers the question. We were wondering if everybody's giving the same. What does it mean? You have a choice. You have a choice. What currency you give? Very good. Okay. What's the Korban Aida? Hmm. Oh, okay. That's the one on the right. Okay, thank you. Um, so, uh, and we said also, by the way, that's why on Purim we give three half shekels. It's because of this, these three verses. It says three times, Max is a shekel, Truma Lashem, Yitain Truma Lashem, Lusses is Truma Hashem. There's the three half coins. Okay, moving along. Now we get to the second thing we mentioned that takes place uh, in the month of Adar. Uh, besides the collection for the money, and that's the reading of the Megillah. There is also a connection, by the way, that Haman tried to use money to defeat the Jewish people. If I pay enough money to the king, I'm a wealthy guy, then I can, um, uh, I can bribe him to destroy the Jewish people. And he didn't know that we had already, uh, the merit that we have that we give annually to the upkeep of the Beis Amigdash, our shekel will outweigh the, um, uh, we did a preemptive strike, so to speak. In other words, the fact that we support the service of Hashem regularly that helps protect us from our enemies. And that, the, the Medrash implies that uh, Haman tried to use his money, was not able to overcome our money. Okay. So then we said on the 15th, uh, they would read the Megillah in the Shushan in the walled cities. Now, if they want to read early, the, uh, the regular Purim, they could do that. Really, it's, it's not dealing with the timing so much, whether you do the first Purim or the second Purim, the, the Shushan Purim. Um, basically, they, they, the celebration of Purim depends on whether you live in a walled city or not. We typically celebrate on the 14th. We don't live in a walled city. The walled cities do on the 15th. And that's a small discussion that we're going to jump into. But the real purpose was just to tell us which of the two Adars they did the reading. The mitzvahs in the second month of Purim, you can't, you can't do an early Purim. Uh, there is an expression, what we call Purim cutting. 
that since uh, the, the 14th of Adar holds the place for the holiday of Purim, so it has holiness even though we're not celebrating Purim that year. It's a certain uh, be festive on the first Purim. Okay. Rav Yusa Recha Hun. Yosef Om Rav Yusa Lerevacha. This uh, Reb Yusa is probably related to Yosef, the same, but, but Reb Yusa, lo mistav elish over. We're only talking about if you had done it, read the wrong day, the 14th or the 15th, avla balo, but not if you know, want to know which, which day to read it. Vatani makam shnegalikros shneyamit. What about if you're not sure which day to read and you read the Megillah twice? Koronoso shneyamit, there are different customs. Amale af anan savarkane, I agree, amar revmana. Yeus, would it be correct? We have that word Yeus again, and yes, and yay, I believe it's pronounced Yeus. Would it be right? Do you want to tell me you're going to read it on the 14th and then read it on the 15th? Shema ain't Shema, isn't that too much? If you tell people to read it twice, see, in other words, you, you can't tell them, um, uh, it, it's uh, we wouldn't, it doesn't sound like something we would do. And the, the people won't know about reading Adar, uh, doing it on Shushan Purim. So, he says, normally, um, so again, that's the discussion of, uh, there's a, um, a side discussion about when is the proper time to read. And if you're living in a city that's walled, and what if you read it in the wrong time? Those are all discussions that are appropriate, uh, but we'll go weiter because we're running out of time. Uh, and uh, we just said that the mitzvahs, uh, the most things that go in the second month don't go in the first month, except there is one thing, mehesvitinus, the rules of, of avoiding uh, funerals and uh, fast days, that would apply to both others. In both months, we avoid having, uh, uh, not funerals, we avoid having speeches, uh, the, the funeral Eulogy. speeches, eulogies. And fast. Rabbi Bob, Rabbi Yimri, Bashem, Rabbi Simon, Bashem, Rabbi Yeshua, and Leva, Lakushin Gamli. We hold like that. Ravuna, Rabba, Ditsipur, and Omar, and Hinig, Rabbi Gamliel, Batsipurim, Kahadarib Shingamliel. He says that was the custom. Now, what does the custom mean? Lo Omar, Allah, Hinig. He says that was the custom. Abu Allah, hello. So the question here is do we follow the, the, um, uh, the, which, how do we count the days of Adar? And we'll stop the discussion here at two lines at the bottom. Okay. Thank you.